Scott and Liam versus Evil. Well, since we're back again for another episode, I want to give you a an update on Thumbgate, if that's okay. Now we have we did take a week out because um, I wasn't able to commit to recording because my work got super stressful and I was the, the times didn't match up. Uh, but so it's been an, another two weeks probably since we've been on last, and I want to tell you that my thumb is still agony. I have movement in it. I have I can press down on it, but if it twists. Like sideways, like uh, the way that it kind of moves if you're tying your shoelaces when you're pulling the bows or when you're picking up a glass, say a pint glass when it's full, the way that it kind of, the pressure that goes on from that angle, absolute agony. Now, I still haven't been to the doctors, I still haven't been to the A&E, but I am going to diagnose myself and say there's definitely some kind of break or fracture in there. When you showed me the picture of the bruising, I could... I'm not a doctor, but I could say that a million percent that bone is broken. Yeah. So because I'm going to Paris in like seven days, I'm going to wait till I come back and then I'll go to the doctors. But by the time you come back, Paris is quite dirty, so you'll probably catch some sort of Well, that's disease. the thing. It's not a, a, I forget the name of it. I, I should know this, being um, somewhat medical profession, but it's not a exposed fracture. I don't know what it means like. When, it's, when the bone sticks out, there's no cut, so I should be all right. Uh, I'm just using whiskey to... Uh, to numb the pain. Currently sipping a little uh, Maker's Mark tonight, since I'm off. Uh, it's not real whiskey though, is it? It's, it's whiskey with an E. It's American. Bourbon. Yeah, well, it's the better kind. No, it's not. Well, I, 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 to myself, I don't like either of the whiskeys, but... but I, was, I was going to say, you're not, you're not, really, you're not really the person to, uh, to judge. Uh, I, I know there'll be people screaming at the podcast like that. It's no real fucking uh, Well, whiskey. they can come at me if they've got something to say. They will. They'll come at you hard. <laughs> Smelling the whiskey, real whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to Scott and Liam versus Evil, episode ninety four. I'm Liam, and I'm Scott. And as the big broken thumb boy said, we have took a week out. It actually feels like it's been longer than that. It feels, it like, feels like it's been longer than like, yeah. months. I know, I know. A day that goes by that I don't speak to Liam is just not a day worth living. I was literally just about to say it felt absolutely <laughs> glorious. <laughs> it felt like every childhood summer I've ever had rolled into one the past week. <laughs> well, well, okay. Well, we can agree and disagree on how, how we felt. <laughs> hey, and this week it's, or, yeah, well, this week it's Scott's pick. Yes. And would you like to reveal your pick? Because I've all forgotten the poster and forgotten the title of this actual podcast. And probably so. forgotten the movie as well if they watched it then because uh, this movie is called The Secret of Marabone. And I'll tell you the secret. The secret is it's fucking pish. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> it came out in 2017. It's directed by Sergio G. Sanchez, who was actually one of the writers for The Orphanage, which I quite enjoyed. Have you seen that? I think so. That's the one with the wee boy with the bag in his head, yeah? Aye. Yeah. I was going to say spoiler, but he is in the poster, so yeah, it's yeah. not a spoiler. Uh, this it be, stars... Sorry, this movie I remember seeing, I believe, now I've seen a poster for it in the Grosvenor Theatre in uh, Ashton Lane, which is like a kind of hipster fancy theatre for people who don't know Glasgow. It's got couches and stuff, and you can buy a bottle of wine and take booze and stuff in it. Um, but I'm sure it was when I went to see The Shining, um, probably around Halloween. Um 2017 probably they did done a show of The Shining and it was a poster in the hallway and I thought I don't have a clue what this film is I've never heard of it and it came out and uh, then disappeared out the cinema as well pretty quickly so and probably you know once, once we start discussing it well you'll, you'll know why it disappeared out the cinema very quickly <laughs> I actually remember you 
putting that poster in yeah, the group and asking right, about that's it. That's right, I did. There you go. Everything comes full circle. Yeah. <laughs> it stars George Mackay, Anya Taylor-Joy from Split and Glass, Charlie Heaton from Stranger Things, and the best name any actress has ever had, Maya Goth. Maya Goth. Imagine being called Maya Goth. I think that's a stage name. Maybe just her parents were just mad goths and just thought it'd be a laugh. That's how I'm going to name my child. Like, just sound fucking ridiculous. Daisy Chainsaw. Daisy Chainsaw. Oh, I did. Da- Hi. Okay. <laughs> I thought Daisy Chainsaw. I think we just got called Daisy Chainsaw. I was like, that's actually pretty good, but Daisy Chainsaw is still actually pretty cool. I, I think Chainsaw will be one word. It won't just be Chain and then Saw. Yeah. Saw won't be her last name. Yeah. She's got to, obviously got to turn out to be like an alternative like stripper. Yeah. Well, hopefully, if, yeah. if if my parenting skills are anything to go by, then here, here's hoping. Imagine having a stripper as a daughter. Fucking yeah, amazing! I mean, She'd be like all her pals around. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the synopsis for uh, the Secret of Marrowbone. Although IMDb has it listed as Marrowbone, so I take it that's what it was called yeah, in just, the states. Just Marrowbone, yeah. I think so. Uh, is a young man and his three younger siblings who have kept secret the death of their beloved mother in order to remain together are played by a sinister presence in the sprawling manner in which they live. Would you say that's pretty much good enough? Uh, I'd say it's slightly misleading. But before we go into it, let's do a spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Marabone and you want to see it, go and watch it right now on Amazon Prime UK or rent it from other places or buy it up to you, but there will be spoilers in this, just before Scott opens his mouth and ruins it in the first three seconds. Yeah, I will. <laughs> uh, so we'll play the trailer and then we'll, we'll, we'll jump straight into Marabone. We have come very far, enduring many hardships, but at last, we found the place where we can be safe. These Maribone kids, how well do you know them? It's just that they worry me, always hiding away from the community. They're not hiding. They live too far away. Get close together, come on. What are we going to do? I don't know, but if the tweet comes out, they will separate us. Good luck, Mr. Maribone. He's just left the Maribone home. Thank you. 
now you're free to spoil the show yet. <laughs> Mia Goth, you talked about, that's the girl from A Cure for Wellness. Yes. Yes. And also, you mentioned Anya Taylor-Joy, she's in it from The Witch. She gets uh, she gets her side boobs out in this movie. Yep. And I recognise the two older boys. One is obviously Stranger Things. I couldn't place the other one at the start, but then I got it. He was uh, one of the boys for Sunshine on Leith. It's exactly what I, I've been thinking about it for a lot of stuff. I was like, yeah. I know he's in things. I know he's yeah. been in quite a lot of things. I know he's been in something I've been made to watch recently. And that's what it is. Well done. Let's get married. Let's get married. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. If that wasn't your actual accent, like every day, yeah. I'd say that's a very good impression. But you were just. I'm on my way from misery to happiness today. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. I'm on my way. You do yeah. remember that uh, our pal Bobby, Black Metal Bobby's 30th, you sat up till about 3 in the morning with Innes and Innes' dad talking yeah. about how the Proclaimers were the best British band of all time. Deadly, deadly serious. Yeah. Sorrow, sorrow, <laughs> you found me. Forget the words. Do, do, do. You yeah. sound like the Proclaimers of Frightened Rabbit and Twilight Sad all rolled into one. Yeah. It's over and done with, it's over and done with, it's over and done with, it's over and done with. I'm just starting to realise that every Proclaimers song has the exact same melody. <laughs> or was that all the one song you were singing? No, it's all different songs. Then I would walk 500 miles. Everyone knows this one. Everybody join in. And I would walk 500 more just to be the man. What do you think? <sighs> I don't know who I hate more, you or the Proclaimers. This is the song I've losing my virginity. Is that an actual song? Something. Aye, <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyway, let's get back to Marabone. <laughs> I think I think I managed that. My note says uh, Sunshine on Leith. Uh, Asterix says, start singing Proclaimers until Liam gets frustrated. <laughs> I was frustrated as soon as you started singing it. But then it reminded me of the time that you actually thought they were the best British <laughs> band of all time. Um, no, I stand by that. That's ridiculous. Uh, no, I, I do stand by it. The movie, the movie's fan, the soundtrack's fantastic. The movie's fantastic. They're the best, one of the best British bands. The um, Sunshine and Leith watch it regularly. If nobody's actually ever seen it, uh, go and watch it because it is pretty good. Probably more so for the the Scottish listenership that's out there. Um, I don't. I think the English don't like us. It's so fucking cringy. Sunshine and Leith. No, no it's actually pretty good. Do you know what else I found out actually by IMDb and the guy from this that he's actually English. I bet. Such a. St- We're not even talking about that movie. Alright, okay, right, back. Have you got any, any uh, other notes where you say, like, oh, just keep doing this till Liam gets annoyed? Yeah, every, every week, yeah. I fucking thought that. Yeah. I also want to just uh, point out, like, as much that I sounded very anti English in my last couple of comments there. And you'd like to point out? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'll finish that statement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'd like to point out that um, this show is welcome to everyone, as am I. <laughs> so in this movie, right, the the mum's the mum's sick. Obviously, that was in the synopsis. The mum dies. Uh, she's like bury me in the garden. I'm like, can you even do that? Is that illegal? I looked it up, and yes, yes, you can. You can get buried. Really? Where, yeah, you can get, you can get buried wherever you want as long as you abide by burial laws. What are they? Well, so I could just bury somebody in my back garden. You can bury somebody in the back garden if you're the leaseholder to the land rather than owning the house, which is weird, I think, because there's that I've noticed this sometimes on like uh, homes under the hammer 
that when they buy things, the, the leaseholders like up in like ten years or something, but they buy the land and it's like, well, what's going to happen after the leaseholder sells it? You know, that's nonsense. This this legal pish that's that exists in society. But I basically like I don't think very very rarely do people actually own the land. Like I, I'm not the leaseholder. The leaseholder will be whoever like bought the land to buy, build all the houses in this this uh, neighbourhood that I live in. So I just I own my house, but not the land that's built on, which is nonsense. So I can't then, do my back garden. Right, but what what then does happen after like ten years? Like, sure, the lease will never go up when you stay in the house if you've bought the house. Yeah, but then they can they, if they sell. I don't know what I don't know. I don't know technically how it works, but I think that uh, yeah, if they want so, if, if they want to, if they want to um, if they want to buy like sell the lease and then they want to like say that I'm the, I'm going to build a shop center on the land then. They need to give you the value of your house, but when they knock it down, I think I don't know. What I'm trying to get is that if I find this leaseholder, if I buy them out, I can then bury MD I want in all your back gardens, you and your neighbours, and there's fuck all you can do about it. Yeah. Oh. Right. Here's right. I'll tell you. Right. <laughs> the law is contained in the Burial Laws Amendment Act. A person who knows the circumstance of the death is a lawful certificate of the case of death must first register a death to register birth. So you need to register that the person died. You can't just obviously because you can't just bury a dead body for the sake you need to tell somebody that the person's died then you need to get consent from the local authority so but ashes you can you can scatter ashes wherever the hell you want uh. a headstone so long as it's not too near a highway or over a certain height planning permission is not uh, needed to put a headstone in the garden which would be great if you're trying to sell your house and there's just a <laughs> in the back garden i would just I might just do that in general uh, now, i used to be in my house in the sims <laughs> because they always kill that many of them that you would then just have headstones all in the garden and it was cool as fuck <laughs> it's, and then obviously pets you can uh, you can bury your pets in the garden if you want You can, it's, it's legal to bury the pet in the garden of the house where the pet lived so it needs to be and also needs to be deep enough and maybe in a box because I was going to say because otherwise you would just get some fucking neighbourhood wahoo who's just taking in random people's dead pets and burying them in their garden and then she sells you the house and before you know it you've got an army of fucking ghost dogs after you yeah also a brilliant title for a movie well not a brilliant title ghost dog is already a thing but a brilliant concept for a movie like pet cemetery except it has actual real ghost dogs ghost dogs ghost dogs yeah i'm in it i'm in it can i just uh, <laughs> can i just before we jump back to the movie can i, I want to um, read a couple of this from the actual garden law right <laughs> You do not need planning permission, neither do you need to contact the Environmental Health Department. All that you need is permission from the landowner, brackets yourself if you own your garden. The council will have to get permission from the Home Office to exhume you. They're saying you as if it's you're burying yourself in the garden, right? This is great. <laughs> if they feel strongly about your choice of burial site, which they are unlikely to get. Consulting the local authority about the water table, I don't know what that is, is not a good idea since this will set alarm bells off all over the town hall and you will be interfered with. In fact, the pollution of the water table is very unlikely from one or two bodies. Dead bodies will not cause problems once they are buried since the earth acts as a deodoriser and cleaning agent. However, if you're particularly concerned about this, contact the Rivers Authority for advice. They suggest, for instance, the burial should not take place within 10 metres of any standing or running water. So just so you, you're aware. Please note, AIDS, please note that AIDS is not a notifiable disease <laughs> and creates no problem in burial. Where did you find this? Like a forum for people who really, really, really want you to bury folk in your garden? Yeah. Or <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole website, and it's, you know how usually when you get the terms and conditions, they're boring as fuck, but this is really, really interesting. <laughs> the terms and conditions of burying somebody in your own garden. Yeah. 
It's great. I love it. Yeah, this is this is all actually way more exciting and interesting than the fucking movie we're making. Yeah, it totally is right. Anyway, I'm going to go back to my notes because this is a long <laughs> paragraph and I could read it forever. In fact, I could maybe next episode I'll just read the entire website out. Like you say, it will be more exciting. What we'll do is if you if you comment in the group saying that you really, 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 really like us and that we're your favourite podcast, then we'll give you like special gifts such as Scott's recording of him reading that paragraph. Yeah, it's very interesting. And then we'll also bury you in one of our gardens if you die, if you want. Yeah, not even if you die, we'll just bury you in one of our gardens. <laughs> we'll live stream it. You try to claw your way to the surface. It'll be yeah, amazing. That would be pretty good. It's like <laughs> this, that movie buried with Ryan Reynolds, which people didn't seem to like, but I actually enjoyed it. You only enjoyed it because Ryan Reynolds was in it. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. That's obviously that's like an eighty percent win before you get in. So I only need one percent for me to actually say great. You're also revealing that you also have a kind of real weird horn dog interest in gardening and gardening laws. So oh, oh, no, 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 I hate gardening. Absolutely hate gardening. Completely hate it. I've tried to grow chilies there, and I, I got them to be green and sprouting, and then they just kind of stopped doing anything. Like literally for the last like week and a half, they've just stayed at the exact same position. They've not got any bigger. They're not getting any smaller. The same color, and I don't know. What to do? Do you not... Don't need it to be warm to grow chilies? Yeah, well, it's been sunny, hasn't it? Not really, no. Not uh, not sunny enough to grow chilies. They've been inside my, uh, at my window, so it's kind of like a greenhouse. So today I put them outside to see if maybe that would make a difference, but they just look the same. So you're growing windowsill chilies? Yeah. Not quite the same thing? No, I mean, they're going to be normal chilies. They're going to be big. Hope. Again, as, as much as I hate talking about gardening and plants, again, this is this wee tangent's even more exciting than the movie. I know. We probably should get back in here, though. Yeah, it's like 17 right. and a half minutes. Let's fucking do it. Right. Imagine your mum your dies and then you just become parent to your siblings. And it's also kind of sexist to make the daughter the mum rather than one of the older bro- brothers. But that you're just interpreting the daughter as the mum. She doesn't actually say, I'm the mum, does she? I think they do. Does, not, does that not what... The, uh, the oldest boy says, like, he decides whose tasks it's going to be. The boy from uh, things gets, like, to run about in dungarees and play with guns, and then the daughter becomes the mum to the youngest brother. Yeah, I suppose. Also, they say they're going to stay in that. So, basically, their, their plan is to live in the house and hide from the world and pretend their mum's still alive until the oldest boy turns 21, because if they find out the mum's dead before he's 21, the social will take them away and put them in care and sell the house and all the rest of it. So how do you hide from the world? Is is their house self-sufficient? Like, I mean, that's that was my question just now, um, but, but we'll get there because there is, obviously the story goes on, but at this point in the movie, there's a loud bang, it's a gunshot, and I shot myself. <laughs> there you go, actually, the movie's then scored a point. Yeah, one, aye, one point. <laughs> uh, but at, at this point in the movie, I said, bold prediction right now, the secret is, they're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually you got there before me because my note about that is coming up in like the next fucking three minutes <laughs> yeah uh, but then they also then they feed a raccoon a raw egg I mean, is that weird is that <laughs> do raccoons eat raw eggs surely they give them a carrot or something but it would be better do carrots eat raccoon do carrots eat raccoons do raccoons eat carrots I would assume so wait what are you basing that assumption on I just think it's weird for anybody to eat raw eggs. But you... No, but my point now is, why did you think raccoons would just have a, a strong diet of carrots? Or any vegetables. You said carrots. So I thought you maybe had specific knowledge of raccoons eating carrots. No, I don't really have a lot of knowledge on raccoons at all. <laughs> to be honest with you. So, my next note is... Um, 
when they, they're covering up the mirrors and uh, uh, the boy from the Proclaimers, he looks in the mirror and I was like, was, was he all dead and rotten in his reflection there? They are dead. They are definitely dead. And then he leaves the house to go to the shop and he interacts with humans. I was like, well, fuck, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's not dead. Um, this is where my note came in, where I said, are they all ghosts? Before the title scene, around eight minutes in. And I said, okay, he's alive, but the rest are all dead because he went to the shop. Ah. So we, we called the movie from about eight minutes in, right. which is quite appalling for either of us to call a movie because usually even after the ending's explained and after like we watch YouTube videos telling us about the movie, me and you still sit here like, what the fuck was that about? What happened there? Well, I will I will admit that when he went to the town to um, and interacted with humans, I just, I just, that was enough for me. I just assumed that they were all alive. Oh, no, I, still... I was just back. I was just like, all right, okay, fair enough. Maybe there's maybe there's a different secret going on here then. The fact that he was the only one that was allowed to leave the house and the others I, weren't. I know. I didn't. I didn't click that. I just assumed that was because he was the oldest and he was in charge and he had a bird to try and smooch. My note before that was: uh, Is this the famous five all go to scary house? And then who's the American lassie? Where the fuck did she come from? Because Anya Taylor Joy just appears. I know. And they're like, like, oh, she's yeah. a neighbour. I, yeah, she was the neighbour, but she's, it was dead weird the way that she was like inside the tree waiting for them because they weren't yeah. like near the house either. Did you think she had something to do with like the seven minutes prior to actually solving it? I didn't really know. Yeah, I thought maybe she was like a witch again. <laughs> Is that just because she's in the witch? Yeah, or like a, a vivitch, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, so, so he goes and he's uh, so he goes to the library and he's smooching and you tell her joy and then this uh, smarmy guy in a hat comes in and he had to hang about in the library to make sure his bird wasn't smooching the guy in the hat and now he's in trouble because the guy is a fucking lawyer and he's the one that's dealing with them paying the rent of the house. But are we made to believe that that skinny guy has any authority whatsoever? If he came into my library and started like, trying to boss me about, I'd be like, oh. I know, but he, he, because of the situation they're in, try to hide until he's 21 yes he does have some kind of authority so if he's like say he's 20 obviously like he's 20 you would assume the lawyer is like 28 I think he's that the Anya is around the Vivich is around 22 maybe hey, but the guy's like a fucking dweeb you just pull it out I said mate my mom's actually dead and I'm just going to hide out there till I'm 21 and there's fuck all you can do about it yeah aye Aye, I know. And then you'd then you'd grab the Vivitch and you'd just fucking smack lips right on her and be like, have we got idea about that? And the guy will be like, probably nothing, mate, actually. So I'm just going to leave. Go, like, that's right, that's what I thought. And then <laughs> sit down and he's away. It's fine. That's how this movie should have went. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would have believed it if that's how it happened. <laughs> um, now, he goes back and tells the, the sisters, the brother and sisters that... Um, the, the lawyer's coming for the money. He says, I'm coming to buy the house tomorrow to get the money. And I need your mum to sign these papers. And he's like, fuck. How's that going to work? Because my mum's dead. She's in the garden. <laughs> um, so he tells, he tells the, the brothers and they say, well, I'll, I'll go and get the money. The stranger thing says, and I'll go and get the box back. Uh, and he goes out in his dungarees, which really aren't a good look, are they? No. Um, and he goes <laughs> off into the caves and finds a knife. And then finds a wee box and brings it back. And it's blood money or covered in blood. And I was like, I'm not falling, but I was interested. I was interested enough at this point to see where that, where that, what that meant and where that was going to go. Yeah, I, 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 I liked that as well. I did. I was quite, quite intrigued to see just what was happening and why 
the the dead kids were still alive because I was still convinced at this point that he the proclaimers boy was the only guy still alive because it was also at this scene where he just appears with a scar on his head and obviously they don't explain that until the end but it was so obvious that I, I don't understand how you're meant to watch that and not know what's going on yeah did you see the scar yeah I seen the scar yeah right. it came but I was like I wonder how you got that I'm I'm assuming like some deal. I, mean, I was assuming that it would be explained at some point. Um, I, I still was. I was still happy to accept they were all alive, though. Yeah. Now, what happens here when they're expecting the the lawyer to come? They tidied that whole house from a wreck into a livable, lived-in house in one day. It took yeah. me nearly when I was watching this movie. It took me nearly three hours to bloody cut the grass. <laughs> that morning I watched this movie. Fucking <laughs> first cut of the year, and they've just been living in a wreck, and then they just turn it up into a livable house. Nah, I don't think so. Plus. When you see the end of the movie, he's obviously doing it all himself. He's not got the help of three others. Yeah. But then how how tidied up was the house? Also, he was doing it while dealing with the, the grief of his dead mum. That's even more impressive. Yeah. So basically, he comes, the, the lawyer comes to the house. And this, this, this family has moved recently from England to America. And uh, so in the, the blood money boxes, it's all pounds that's in it. And he says, I can't, I can't accept this. This is we're looking for American dollars. And he says, well, pounds are worth twice as much as dollars. And I thought, oh, I wish that was still the case. We're so going to end up like a rack. <laughs> it did used to be the case. When I first went to America, yeah. It, yeah. it was nearly $2 to the pound. I know. And now it's probably less because we fucking Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, he, so he takes up the, the, the sister is then practicing forging the mum's signature. Now, I assume that because they're all dead, it was actually proclaimer that was actually forging the signature yeah but in his head he probably thought that she would be the best at it being a mother character and she would have a kind of feminine hand yeah she was, so, she was actually like me when I used to forge my dad's signature in the bunnies did you ever get away with it? yeah all the time oh, I, don't, I get a pony once for turning the gas tap on in chemistry class like when she was talking I was trying to kill everybody hating <laughs> them all uh, and uh, I got my brother to sign it well actually I signed, tried to sign it first get caught and get another pony but the teacher was that fucking stupid you didn't actually think about phoning my mum and dad to tell them that I tried to forge a signature so he just gave me another punishment and I then got my brother to sign it and then that was it through the entirety of high school I just got my brother to sign all the ponies because I get caught. I actually, um, my signature just now is pretty much looks exactly like my dad because I, I forged, because I've priest practice forging his signature. So my actual signature is just like my dad's signature just now. Do you sign it as your name though or do you sign it as your dad's name? Well, the way he done his G's, is like the, the kind of curvature of the G's, I, my S just kind of, it's very similar, but the Howley's just the same. All right. Everything else seems so much more interesting to talk about than this fucking film. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, now I'm going to just barge through notes, right? So basically, they, they, they get away with giving him the two hundred pounds. He takes that away. They get away with this forging the signatures for now. Talk about the dad. Something for us to discover, perhaps. They play risk. The kids all play risk, and then the the mirrors fall off, and the wee boys out, and he gets a fright. I was like, is this the first appearance of the ghosts? I was thinking, at this point, because I believe that the kids were all alive, I thought, is this a ghost story? I was waiting for, like, scariness. Because the marketing and the, well, the minimal marketing, but the, the poster was certainly, like, um, like, a, like a proper horror movie. Yeah. 
But to be honest, I said to the very, my very first note was I good Scott pick a horror movie the week after I said I'm not that into haunted sorry pick a haunted house movie the week after I said I'm not actually into haunted house movies because they're always the fucking same. <laughs> Obviously, this was two weeks ago the change on the episode, so I, I thought you were deliberately doing it to wind me up. Yeah, yeah, you pick you pick a boring uh, a boring haunted house movie and I'll pick one right back. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they, they, when they realise that the, the mirror's been uncovered, they all shake themselves and run into the fortress they've built in one of the rooms. And it's actually a pretty cool wee fortress. But kids love fortresses, don't they? And a permanent one yeah. would be brilliant. And they, you have it. It's called a house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go in. To be honest, your, your house is actually a brilliant fortress because by the sounds of the start of this episode, you've actually surrounded your fortress with dead bodies of uh, yeah. <laughs> pa- past acquaintances. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, so they hide in the fortress to like escape the ghosts and they put on their record player and they play the Beach Boys I was like I didn't but the way that it looks I didn't think the Beach Boys were out at this point but I kind of googled the time scale that's supposed to be happening and yes they were actually out <laughs> now they get, decide to get rid of the uh, the blood money again so Stranger Things climbs onto the roof and throws the box into the chimney but surely throwing it in for the chimney for the roof just makes it easier to get from inside the house rather than throwing it in the caves where he found it the first time yeah uh, that is uh, that is a, a valid point yes. yeah that's what I certainly thought uh, <laughs> now the lawyer he's pretending to be nice to them he's, he knows something's up but he's pretending to be nice but he's he's really just waiting to drop the truth so that he can bang the vivage <laughs> now, as you would yeah, but yeah this is where I made uh, my prediction was the father a gangster or a hitman in England are they in some sort of witness protection? Like, not actually police-enforced witness protection, but their own version of witness protection, like hiding from. Yeah. Um, so that's what uh, that's what I was expected at this at that point. Uh, now, this note at this point in the movie, this is marketed as a horror movie, as I like I thought certainly from the posters, but it really isn't. It's not even a thriller. It's like a mystery where there are no clues to answer. And there's no questions until inevitably we are told in the third act. I'm sorry, horror podcast community. This was a blind pick that I didn't think through. <laughs> yeah, it's it's marketed as a ghost movie, and it would it would come off well as a ghost movie if it wasn't so obvious so soon in. Where you're then going right, well, none of the ghost scares are going to get me because I know it's not a ghost. Yeah. And it's kind of upsetting. The movie looks really good. All the acting is spot on. I don't think Game Day kind of overacts or underacts. Everybody is like playing playing the game well. Yeah. The cinematography is really nice. The story's just a bit kind of rare. But yeah, it's a bit boring. Yeah, and then the movie just goes along at its kind of own pace and it never really picks up as a thrilling. It's never really exciting. And by the end of it, you're like, shut the fuck up, stop talking in those yeah. horrific accents. Like, yeah. just stop. Yeah. Like, my next note straight after that one was like, okay, the lawyer has seen Jack with the Vivich, let's see some story progression. Like, because it felt as if like, nothing was happening. Yeah. So, at this point in the movie, I'm saying, do, do we know how he got the scar on his head? And is it getting bigger? Or is it just because his hair is out of the way? Also, why is his sister in the room with him when he is naked in a sudsless bath? <laughs> Is that not how you bath? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah, me neither. Uh, right, the wee boy has broken into his mother's room. Story progression now, please. Mum wore a wig. I don't... <laughs> yeah. 
So this is when he gets they, they find a like a newspaper, the Beast of Brampton. Uh, this is a serial killer. This was their dad. Um, he was in but the blood money. Uh, so I so a serial killer, but the blood money question mark. I'm sticking with Hitman. We find out later on that um, the dad was a serial killer. Uh, now at this point, right? So at this point, sorry, I've said did we ever find out who shot through their window? The gunshot at the start because there's a hole in the mum's bedroom. Now we do at the end of the movie, so we'll get that. We'll we'll save that to the end. But uh, this we did we did find out that the dad was a serial killer and murderer who robbed folk. He also abused his own daughter, which is probably why she's at ease with seeing her adult brother's chopper. <laughs> <laughs> so is that all you need to do to get your sister to watch you in the bath? <laughs> Just make sure your dad bangs her. Yeah, well, yeah, well, you know, and fucked up people. Have the most exciting lives, don't they? Right, this is a horrible, horrible tangent to get back to the movie. <laughs> right, so we get some background information on the kids, and they've supposedly killed their, their father in the loft, but it now appears that he did not die and is alive and eating raccoons. Interest dropping fast. My interest dropping fast. <laughs> That uh, it's probably quite a good diet, I suppose, raccoons, because of the carrots that they eat. Yeah, well, you see the dark up there, ain't you? <laughs> Which, by the way, is uh, is not true. I will just um, give so the information for anyone listening who doesn't know, carrots do not help you see in the dark. It was a false claim created by the US uh, during one of the wars that when they had just developed radar and they didn't want the enemy to realise that they could the planes could. You know, use radar to find stuff. So they just said this pilots were eating loads of carrots, and that's where they could see in the dark. <laughs> True story. I did. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where does uh, if you eat your crusts, you'll get curly hair? No, oh, that's from? that's true. It's not true because I used to love my crusts, and I do not have curly hair. You get curly pubes. <laughs> well, there you go. It doesn't say what here. Imagine telling that to a child if you eat, if you don't eat or if you eat your crusts you're going to end up with a fucking seventies bushman. Can you can you imagine though if you had straight pubes like if you just had like long straight pubes? Oh, or, they'd be or so if, emo. Or if or if you, <laughs> I just flick it over my balls every time I was sad. <laughs> emo pubes. <laughs> you know, it would just be great. Like, see, you know how if you if you if any are here that like, can agree, like imagine like obviously like you're you're. Your pubes and even your beard—it's like kind of coarser hair that grows when you when you that grows after puberty. Imagine it was like head hair; it was then soft and straight. Like how weird would it be? Like even like your—it's not that. Speak for yourself. I tresme my bush <laughs> <laughs> at least four times a week. Have you seen? I've been getting sponsored ads on Facebook and Instagram, and it's like this—it's like a comb. It's like a straightener comb for your beard, so you can comb your beard, but it straightens it at the same time. There's absolutely no reason why you sh- you couldn't comb your pubes with that. <laughs> I think it needs trying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's one that I would deserve to try and talk about in the group. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe pictures of said pubes before and after. Yep. So yeah, if 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 any of uh, attempted to straighten your pubes, get those pictures up in the group. Okay, imagine they actually attempted to properly straighten. Yeah, I mean you've got to oh. yourself. Yeah, you? and that's the uh, oh. It was the imagine. Time, it was the time I. I time I used a V in my balls and it disintegrated my, my scrotum skin <laughs> I would, why, I would, why were you V in your balls? because oh, I was sick of shaving <laughs> just let it be natural man you don't even <laughs> shave your balls nobody expects a, a pair of clean white shaven balls I do 
Do you know what I do you? Yeah. I suppose it's easier to handle when you've got the dick in your mouth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. The so the lawyer, the lawyer is uh, he's in some kind of debt, or he he finds out that they've they've forged the signatures and all the rest of it. So he says, "I won't say anything." He he needs money. He needs five thousand dollars. So he goes and he asks. He wants ten thousand pounds from them, which is actually twenty thousand dollars, and he only needs five. What a greedy bastard! <laughs> right. So and they're also this is the point where they, they realise that they need money. Right. They're acting like the chimney is fully out of bounds. They could easily get it back from down the chimney. Right. Just put your hand off it. Yeah. Or wait till Christmas and Santa will knock it out when he comes down the chimney. Yeah. So Stranger Things climbs into the chimney. I need to get the thing back, but there's, there's like a whole room down in that chimney, but no fireplace. Uh, also, that scene was pitch black, and I could see fuck all. What were you watching it on? Like your fucking eye watch? My telly? No, my telly. But it was probably <laughs> the, it was probably during it would have been during the day, so it would have been in glare. Um, but he right, so he gets tangled in the rope. Right, no, so he goes down. He's, he's in the he's in the. So I'm assuming the chimney goes into like an attic room because this is where obviously the, some of the, the combination kind of happens, and he tries to get the box back, but it turns out that his. Uh, his dad is not dead, and his dad is alive. We've already mentioned this, uh, and he is now strong enough to kind of fight back against him. And he, uh, so he gets the box. He tries to run away. He gets tangled in the rope that his presumed father was pulling from the bottom. He cut the rope right from underneath him. Now, if you imagine this, so if you imagine him, he's climbing up a rope right, and the rope's twisted around his stomach, okay, mm-hmm. and he's stuck, and the dad's pulling it from the bottom, which is tightly squashing him. Right, you with mm-hmm. me? Yes. So he cuts the part of the rope below him that the dad's pulling on, yeah, to get away from that uh-huh. pull. Now, this would lose the tension that was coming wrapped around him that the dad was pulling on. Then when this tension goes, that would cause him to fall, but that did not happen. Would it cause him to fall, though, if he held on really tight? It wasn't holding on because he was using his hands to cut the rope off. Hmm. And my next note says, also, it's not daylight and he's screaming for help. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, what that means in the movie or what your note means? No, my note means. I don't know what it means. Yeah. I can't remember. I ask myself that every time you say it in your <laughs> notes. Right. Here's a big note. This whole scenario is perpetrated by them not wanting to split up. Let's assume Jack is 20. The other one is, what, 18 to 20? The girl is 16 to 18 and the boy is 5. Only the boy is really going to go anywhere, but they could still argue that as adults they would like to know where he is placed and keep contact until he's old enough to not need uh, state-appointed guardians. You can't force a person to be adopted, can you? Uh, honestly, I have no idea how the adoption system works. Yeah. Obviously we find out later in the movie that it doesn't matter because there's nobody to be adopted, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also think that the time set of this movie is very confusing. Because it looks like they're maybe in the 1920s, but everyone else is in the 60s. Even the lawyer's dress sense confuses me. He could be 1920s too. Yeah. I did think that. I was quite confused the whole way through. We're thinking, when is this meant to be set? And like, I and the Beach Boys play. Yeah, that's exactly the same Yeah, view. yeah it totally confused me. <laughs> now, um, this, at this point, uh, the Vivich goes back to the tree that she met them at the first time when they first moved to the house. And she finds a sketchbook, and she looks through the sketchbook and discovers that one of the kids is an actual kids' book illustrator. I, I, I don't even remember that happening. I'd obviously really zoned out at that point. It's totally quite. It's like a, it's literally a story of their whole lives, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like, uh, and it's like Quentin Blake illustrations. It's it's like it's like a Jacqueline Wilson book. Oh shit! I, do. I remember the book. I just don't remember the drawings. I'd obviously 
dozed off. <laughs> uh, so this is when we find that it was the dad who shot the window. But because the first time I seen that scene, I thought from the distance it looked like it was a young boy, like that mm-hmm. was shooting. So uh, that's why I never thought it was a dad. But it turns out it was the dad that shot the window. And then this is when we get the kind of run through of what happened uh, for him to get murdered in the loft. Like we, we realised that they tried to kill the dad in the loft, or they, they they locked him in the loft and thought he'd starve to death. That's that's what they thought had happened. Yeah. Uh, so the dad had escaped. The dad escaped prison because he was obviously caught. In, in London how did he get to America you need a passport and all that surely especially by the 60s you can't just stow away in a boat these anymore no yeah yeah definitely a million percent have needed a passport yeah you needed passports back in like the 1600s you needed to be like allowed passage on boats you did, you couldn't just you know steal yourself aye <laughs> uh, so this is when they, they play back and show you how they got the scar the dad kind of boots fuck out of um, proclaimers <laughs> So, and also, it keeps jumping back to the sketchbook, which was all, let's go fishing, that will be fun. Fully to fully describing the events of, like, when the dad's, like, killing them. For, like, the Vivich to start acting like she's reading the never-ending story. See, at, at no point during that bit did you think these other siblings aren't alive. Because I thought the book was, like, one of the ultimate giveaways. Yep. No, here's the next note. Is the, I'll read it verbatim. Fucking obviously. The kids are all dead. Damn it. I knew it, but the fact that Jack was alive threw me off. It's so fucking obvious too. The ghosts never leave the house and they never change clothes. It's so yeah. obvious. Yeah. That's it. And when you said dungarees, when I was watching it, I was like, like, why have they got them dressed so behind the times compared to the other boy? Yeah. It's like, fucking... Oh, is that maybe not why the tight... Not that much time's passed because it's, it's literally like months have right, passed. It's okay. not it's not a long time. Aye, but maybe maybe it started nineteen fifty nine and then obviously a few months later it's nineteen sixty because you know that's how decades work. Yeah, well that is how decades work, correct? <laughs> um so this is this has all happened after the, the Vivich meets him the first time, like in the woods when she speaks to them, she speaks to them all alive and then she just meets Jack after that, who lies and says that they're all fine and his mother isn't well, yada, yada, yada. That's why it's only him that comes to the shop. It's also weird, though, that if they're such good pals that live next door, why has she never like looked in the window or just came to visit the other siblings? Why is she taking the other one's word that they're okay? Surely yeah. you'd be like, actually, no, I'm going to go and do some snooping because I think you've murdered her, Yeah. Now, this is where I was kind of confused on the story because we're in a couple of different places. Um... This is when, so basically the, the Vivich goes into the house. The lawyer's also in the house because he's trying to get the money, he's trying to bribe off them. The Vivich goes to the house because she's read the sketchbook and realises that they're all dead. It's like, literally like one page says, oh my brothers my brothers and sisters are dead. The next page says, I am going to, you know, I'm going fishing. It's like so mental like that. And she goes into the house and into the fortress and this is when she sees that he's doing all the voices of his brothers and sisters. And he's like made them up in his head and he's totally mentally unwell. So this is when I questioned, I says, so is the dad actually alive? No, he's really dead and it was all the hallucinations. And now uh, Proclaimers is going to kill the Vivich, who will then return and they'll live madly, happily ever after as ghosts, which won't be long, which won't be for long because the lawyer's still in the attic, I believe. Uh, nope, she's still alive. <laughs> so that's how quickly <laughs> this changed because she goes in and meets him and um, she speaks to him. And then I'm questioning, wait, did Jack stab the lawyer? That's Proclaimers. Did Proclaimers stab the lawyer? Oh, no, the dad actually really is alive. 
And I'm guessing, like, how long is the dad supposed to have been up there, like, eating rodents? He'd be super weak, no? Uh, to be honest, you've brought a whole new level of understanding to this movie. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> really? Right, okay. <laughs> um, so, this is where so this is where I'm trying to work it out. So, basically, um, the Vivich ends up up, the, up in the attic, and she finds the... Uh, the, the the lawyer who's been stabbed in this in the kind of stomach. She also finds the dead bodies of the two brothers and the sister. Now Jack has never stepped foot in the attic and he's never actually seen the bodies of his siblings. So this when he sees this, this ends his hallucinations, perhaps that unarguable evidence. Um so I said, Will will the Vivich still want to bang him or is this whole scenario way too much baggage? And I says, uh, she might hug him, but then she'll be quickly out that door. Wait, what would you do if you were in uh, Anya Taylor-Joy's position? Would you still bang him? Or would you be like, no, nah, actually, mate, that's too much for me? Oh, I'd be on my pedal bike and fucking cycling all the way out of there, man. You would never <laughs> see me again. Um, now, but then the next scene, I was like, oh, no, she's going to stay with him. And they've even addressed my thoughts exactly. Like the doctor, the doctor who um, she's speaking to, who is then looking after Proclaimers, is literally says to her, like, why are you staying with, at your age, you and you're not married? You could get out now and, like, just get, a, like, a proper normal life. Like, but then she's like, no, no, it's all right. And then, uh, so you see, in, you see in their kind of kitchen cabinet, she's got heavy stocks of clopromazine. I was like, he'll be stoned about with his legs and his jaws going and his tongue out, hanging out in about 10 years. She's done it for staying then, because that's the extra paramedial side effects you get from those old uh, mental health medications. I was like, oh, wait, I get it. They have heavy stocks because she's not giving them the meds. But then why... I honestly, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's because she's got to live in the house with him while he happily sees his brothers and sisters. Like, because it's happy hallucinations. However, right, here's a question for you that's not really addressed in the movie. Thing is, he's not actually seeing them, right? Or he, if he is or not, he's jumping into their positions and doing the voices. Right? <laughs> yeah, that was a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not a happy ending. That is, you know what I mean? That's, watch out, Vivich. There's a good chance you will end up dying at the hands of this schizophrenic judge. <laughs> Imagine sitting at the breakfast table, pouring cereal, and he's jumping between each fucking bowl of bicycles yeah. to Cocoa Pops to Rice Krispies. Like, sit down. I will, I will admit, oh, that sounds like my heaven to me. I love breakfast cereal. But, you know, that's that's what we like. But at the end, they have this they, they have this image of him sitting in the porch and then his, brother, his brothers and sister coming out of the, the trees and back to the house as if, oh, it's all happy families and he can, he can see these hallucinations and we'll have a good time, you know, because I still love him and all the rest of it. But in reality, he is... Pretending to be them, doing the voices that is not, that is not, uh, that is not fun for anybody. Give them the clopromazine, and 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 perhaps have like as close to like a normal sane existence as you possibly can. Um, also, before we finish up, I should uh, point out one of the things in the movie that, that all the mirrors are covered because he his, his siblings aren't there, so the reflections would show him that his siblings aren't standing next to him. Yeah, that would be a great idea for a romantic comedy. Uh, the dark romantic comedy where it basically takes the flip side of this now and you watch from the Vivici's point of view she watches this man be all of his siblings and just yeah. like a, a week of their life yeah and like, like 10 years later when she just sits there after she's married and she can't actually go because back then you couldn't get divorced and she just goes oh I've made a terrible mistake <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be, I love that ending that would be so good 
so the secret of Marabone, what did you what's your final uh, summation? Final summation. It's not a horror and it's quite long. And while it managed to disguise the twist from me in plain sight, it was nothing new. It's almost uh, two or three movies squashed into one, and the two-hour run made it time made it feel like you were watching two or three movies as well. Uh, horror elements for sure, but a good bunch of confusing elements too. Overall enjoyable, but I don't feel there's much rewatch factor. Middle of the road thriller, three attic dads out of five. See, the, the fact that this movie caused you to open up the episode singing the proclaimers repeatedly <laughs> at me That's the makes me about it. <laughs> it makes me hate it like even more than I, I should. It, it is just such a an average film. It looks good. It's acted well. The story would be good if it was done maybe 20 years ago, but this schizophrenic kind of twist has been done to death and I'm just kind of bored of it. What what did you think with the mental health aspects? Did it cover schizophrenia well? Because I I know you had a problem with uh, the word. I know, I mean, I don't... I've never never experienced the... um, jumping in and doing the voices and pretending to be the people that's that don't i've not seen the thing is all of these things it's it, it's not necessarily said just because i've not experienced them or i don't particularly think that that's a common factor it doesn't mean to say it doesn't exist that's one thing I'm, I'm only i'm not i work in i work in mental health i don't i'm not even like certainly not on i'm not consultant i'm not in consultant wages i would love to be um but <laughs> uh yeah so i mean there's there's loads out there that i've not seen you know there's loads of people out there suffering yeah. all the time but I just think that I don't think that that's that, that, that again that one is yeah, not, fully it, accurate. I mean, f- from a heavy stressful situation of of his and things he didn't actually see his brother. His, his his dad killed his brothers and sisters up in the loft, and he just shut the door and just didn't go in and just let hope his dad would die of starvation. Eventually, that's I mean that's quite traumatic. Yeah. So to, I mean, to be honest, this is my final summary, Scott. I only want to like two two more answers for you, and I said, <laughs> "What did you think of this?" I didn't want your fucking life story. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's a very average film that looks good. It's not offensive. Uh, watching it, I think, if you had free time, it's not going to do you any harm, and it's just it's nothing to nothing to write home about. I also give it three because nothing offended me enough, like the Lindsay Lohan thing. Nothing annoyed me or angered me so much. Although, actually, no, do you want two and a half because you sang the Proclaimers. <laughs> so, no fault in the movie. Uh, my favourite was Jimmy Coffin on IMDb, who rated it two stars, and the title was WTF. Hey, I'm a psycho schizo with a dead family in the attic and a zombie killer dad. Come marry me, supermodel. Paranoia, disillusion, forever. <laughs> that that is a review. <laughs> that, that's yeah, that's pretty much review right there. However, if the movie was called Psycho Schizo with a Dead Family in the Attic and a Zombie Killer Dad, I would watch the show of that movie and that's <laughs> a five out of five. The man who killed Hitler and then Bigfoot in it, it's like crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be fucking amazing. Uh, so yeah, three out of five. It's not a bad movie at all. It's just been done before and it just it annoyed me a wee bit, especially at coming off the Changeling when I was like, I don't really want to do haunted house movies because yeah. they're just boring. And then bang, right out of the park, Scott comes at me no, with a no. haunted house it, movie. It was a blind, it was a blind pick. It was like a panic buy. It was near the register, you know. I was, I just, I just jumped into it. So I'm going to put a lot more thought into my next pick. I'm going to bring it back out the park, knock it out the park for you guys. It's something that will be ridiculously brilliant. 
I wish I could believe that, but we'll see what happens in two weeks. Uh, so we'll take a short break just now, and then we'll come back with what else we've been watching. Hi, all you teenage comet zombies. This is Kelly Maroney, and you're listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. So, have you been watching anything? Anything good? Uh, I've been watching The Bay. You watched that? It's an ITV drama. It's on uh, UK TV just now. It's uh, I think three episodes in. It's a cop show. It's a drama. It's uh, it's pretty good. Pretty thrilling. You know, you get to the end. It's still cliffhangers at the end, so it's pretty exciting. Oh, really? Um, I don't really know how they're going to go. There's about four or five kind of potential criminals. Outcomes. Uh, yeah, yeah. People who who could be to blame. So it's just it's quite interesting. Not, I've not heard of it at all. I very rarely watch TV though. I'm always watching DVDs or Netflix or something. Yeah. Uh, so I've not even seen it advertised. But I might check it out. Yeah, it's alright. It's, it's, it. it's, it's not mind blowing. It's no Doctor Foster. I'll tell you that. <laughs> was Doctor Foster good? Oh, that was good because that one was totally, totally believable. This was that was about um, Doctor Foster believed her husband was cheating on her. And uh, it turned out that it was, but he was treating on her with their friend's daughter. Spoiler, Scott, spoiler. Oh, yeah, sorry, spoiler. <laughs> uh, One day like, you're going to fucking learn. <laughs> but the, the, the cliffhangers at the end of the episodes were, were incredible. Uh, well, nobody will ever get to experience that fun oh. cliffhanger now, thanks to you. <laughs> apologies, apologies. Have you been watching anything, Liam? Uh, just all Japanese movies. They're just Japanese samurai movies. Um, I started the Zatoichi collection again, as in I jumped back into like whatever movie I'd last watched, number three or four, and I just can't stop. I keep buying more. Every time I come home, there's a new kind of 1950s to 1970s samurai movie, and it's fucking amazing. I've actually not watched any horror. I'm out, I'm out of the horror game now. Mm. Do you know what? In. There is, there's horror elements in the samurai genre. It's like alternative cinema. I think yeah, I do think there is one potentially like maybe to have a think about if you're thinking about picking one for one of the episodes, but it needs to be something that's like dead, dead gory. But uh, do you know what I've noticed? So there's been westerns still getting made just now. There's quite a lot of westerns getting made just now, and there's currently one in the cinema now with uh, Jake uh, Gyllenhaal and um, the boy from Step Brothers that I'm desperate to go and see. They haven't made a kind of modern samurai movie for it. Well, certainly not by like. Hollywood standards, maybe they're making them in Japan, but they haven't made like a proper big budget mainstream cinema samurai movie for a long time, have they? Uh, I swear to God, so you're going to say what? Can I preempt what you're about to say? And this generally hasn't been scripted. What? No, I- like I haven't told you this. I wrote a note on my phone on the 30th of March at like 2 28 in the morning, stoned watching one of these movies, an idea for my new movie. Right. <laughs> Samurai movie. Guy travels from Scottish town to town trying to serve his own feudal justice. And I think that is what Hollywood should be making. <laughs> a Scottish samurai. Scottish like the guy's not a Scottish, he's just a samurai, but he's going like he's going for like Lark Call, a Hamilton, blah blah just weigh his sword. Obviously that'll get took off him quite early on in the movie because you can't walk about with a sword. Yeah. But he's in modern society and he's like trying to solve the problem. Oh, right, so, okay. right, I've got it, right? And then so he goes to like these different towns, right, in, in Scotland, like you say, and when he's finished with the town, he walks away from the town. So then the, the, the music plays Bathgate <laughs> no more. Sky no more. Yeah, and then, he, then obviously he has to go to America. When you go, will you send back 
A letter do, from America. Yeah. Do not insert the proclaimers into my future Hollywood blockbuster. You totally had a winner there as well. When I put that together, that was like the combination of minds. That was like that was like me. That was like us, uh, Gary and James proclaimer together. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know if that's the names. I don't know what their names are. <laughs> I don't think it's Gary and James. One 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 year uh, for April Fools, the Daily Record said they weren't even twins, and I believed it. <laughs> 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 I know I thought you were getting at the point there that Hollywood should really make a new samurai movie and guess what I've already thought about it and I've got the concept and I'm going to write the script so Hollywood come at me because imagine how good that would be so instead of other like rival gangs you're dealing with Neds but you or the guy is convinced he's a samurai so he's just trying to like dole out fucking justice his way but obviously modern day Neds are they for having it I would. Uh, I think that would be pretty cool because modern day names, like proper serious ones, have got like fucking proper chi- bigger samurai swords than them. Jibs, eh? It'd be such. A, it'd be so. Obviously, you'd probably have to take it out of Scotland to make it like international. Hollywood wouldn't do it. BBC would maybe do that if it was in Scotland. So we need to open it up, and you're maybe just in a modern society in America or in the UK in general. But how fucking good would that be and that's I've copyrighted that so nobody can steal it right Uh, Kill Bill meets Neds meets fucking uh, a fistful of dollars Neds to shreds that's what it's got to be called the samurai cuts into shreds no we'll think we'll we'll brainstorm we'll brainstorm we'll get it at what point did you think you were getting fucking I was just going to say no, I'm make myself involved this is, this is a part job just like we've, we've been uh, you know they've got plenty of uh, scripts in the, in the make I know but this, this one actually this, this is depth my uh, my five part anthology horror movie is pretty much good to go but I was going to let you be involved alright alright involved in what way you've just sat yourself in a fucking co-directing co-producing co-writers Roll. What's my role in your five-part series? Uh, act. I was just going to act, weren't I? Yeah. No, that is shit. We'll do number one. I'll do it, but I want a 20% share of all takings. Basically, I want you you be involved so that when Fright Fest play it, even if they just play one of the short movies, you can stand up at the front with me when we say this is our movie, just in case it's shite and everybody like throws stuff at us that I'm no job there myself. I'll no make it to Fight Fest that year. I'll be yeah. uh, I'll be can opening my Japanese oh, yeah. modern modern samurai movie. Yeah, be so good though. I've been thinking about it. See if I wrote it. I've been thinking about it like every day. I think I know a scene, and I'm I'm generally going to write it just for a laugh because I think it, even it would, it would turn into a great comic book or a comic series. Just a guy who's convinced he's a a fucking sixteen hundred Edo period samurai, but he's in society today a 1600 Edo period 60, Edo period Edo period I don't know it was when Tokyo was called Edo okay. that's not how you pronounce it Scott honestly see we're on Mastermind <laughs> right now my my topic would be Japanese cinema 1960 to 19, sorry 1950 to 1970 and do you know how well I would do not well at all because I don't think I know anywhere near as much as I would have to to go on Mastermind <laughs> but I, I've been I've been reading books I've been watching all these movies. It's been amazing. I, there's times I'm actually sitting on my phone, not taking, it, not even reading the subtitles, thinking I understand what's happening. Yeah. I understand just, all the words. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Mushy, mushy. That's pretty much just Hi. so, isn't 
Uh, yes, and Aragato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Japanese animes that's all I've been watching. If you follow me on Letterboxd, you can see that because yeah, I can't remember the last time I watched an actual non-Japanese language film. Wild. It, yeah, uh, totally wild. <laughs> Bone, obviously, you can tell that me and Scott are nonplussed about that film. Yeah, watch it if you've got time. Don't bother if you've not. Kind of strange, though, because when we put it in the group last week when we thought the episode was coming out, there was a lot of love. Duncan, Baz, a lot, there was a lot, of, a lot of love for this film. I know, I don't know what the fucking weirdos were thinking. <laughs> You're really trying to get a fucking battle going with podcast on this, aren't you? Yeah. Like, um, in fact, that can be part of the movie. Two warring gangs, and we'll just cast Duncan and Baz as the opposite gang for our samurai. And kind of, well, it's kind of sounds like um, what's that? The Nicholas Winden Refn TV show. It's like got everything in it. It's even got samurais in it. So I think you might have taken part of your idea and put it in a TV show before you even get started. It's fine as long as it does. This the the way mine will be done isn't the the color palette. The way it's. The, the cinematography, the soundtrack, everything will be a fucking 50s, 60s Japanese samurai film. Except the characters. The characters will be today. Right. I'm going to be an auteur. It's going to be like, like fucking Quentin Tarantino, like, like Kill Bill, except it doesn't look sleek and modern. It looks old and fucking Japanese. And then the characters are just modern. I've got a, a lot I want to do before I take us to Hollywood, but the the, yeah. the seeds are there. Right, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Sweet, good because I actually need you to come down to my house on Saturday, where we're going to try on different samurai costumes <laughs> and find out what the best look is for our main character. Well, I'm definitely I'm definitely up for that. You know how much I like to dress up and theme things, so <laughs> yeah, we'll break that other fucking thumb. <laughs> yeah, break the other one. I why not? <laughs> uh, so. Everyone, sorry there was no episode last week. Hopefully this has made up for it. We should be back next week with uh, my pick and it will be episode 95. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. I will be in Paris when uh, hopefully that episode drops. If our, if our scheduling goes to plan, then uh, yes, I should be in Paris when this episode, when that episode <laughs> drops and you can all uh, you can you can talk about it all you want because I uh, will have my phone switched off pretty much when I'm in there. I will, I think maybe I don't know. Maybe I might I might not. I'll be learning French though as much uh, French as I learn Spanish. So like fucking three words. We. Oui. <laughs> right. So uh, you can catch us on the website. You threw me off totally. Uh, <laughs> com has everything you can find the Instagram you can find the Facebook group you can find the Twitter I nearly said LinkedIn there but this shit's not a business uh, and yeah just come to the group chat to us let us know what you think messages on Instagram send us scuds just do what you want man thanks for listening au revoir <laughs> fucking you that's where you're going to end it Shepherd me the jobless and the devil me the features Through her hearts when my mum said her name Avoided all the stories with slanderous things But it's over and done with, it's over and done with It's over and done with, it's over and done with It's over and done with, it's over, it's over It's over and done with, let me hear you, let me hear you This is a story of losing my virginity People are making no claim
Oh, so 